0: Powered by you, hello, hello. listener-supported. This is the Relevant
1: Radio Summer Pledge Drive. Answer the call. Hey, welcome to the Kale Clark Show on this very, very special Tuesday. It's the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady. That's right. It's August the fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. So let's pray. Let's ask for her intercession right now. Let's pray the memorari on this incredible solemnity of the Blessed Virgin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection, implored Thy help, or sought Thy intercession was ever left unaided. Inspired of this confidence, we fly into Thee, O Virgin Virgins, our Mother. To You do we come, before You we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And may Our Lady intercede for us, bless our pledge drive this week, and we're also praying, of course, for an end to abortion in the United States and all around the world. Let me tell you a little story as we start off. I was 21 years old, and I was sitting in a McDonald's in a place called Normal, Illinois. You might be listening from Normal, Illinois. It's a great town, full of hardworking Midwestern people, And it's also the home of Illinois State University. I was there, sort of on a little scholarship program, studying international business. And I was at this McDonald's, and I was sharing Big Macs with Pastor Jerry. Pastor Jerry from the local fundamentalist Baptist church in town. And I was in the process at that time of leaving the Catholic Church to become an evangelical and Pastor Jerry, as we were talking, enjoying our Big Macs and fries, not to make you too hungry, but Jerry, Pastor Jerry, seemed to give me another big reason to make the move out of the Catholic Church. He said, you know, Cale, the Catholic Church invented, invented out of thin air, the Assumption of Mary in the year 1950. 1950. 1950! That's when the Pope promulgated this doctrine. That's that's almost 2,000 years after the time of Jesus. I mean, where are they coming up with this stuff? And sadly, at that point in my life, I didn't even know what the assumption was, let alone how to (laughs) explain it or defend it. That was the state of my Catholic formation at that time. I just nodded my head in silence. So how would you answer that question if it was posed to you, well, I'll tell you what happened in just a moment, but I want to give out the phone number to call. It's our listener line, 888-914-9149. It's a toll-free line to talk to me for free on the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. You can also email the program, and the address is klcale at relevantradio.com. And you can find me on the X app, formerly known as Twitter, at Clark. C-A-L-E Clark with an E. Now that that housekeeping is out of the way, once again, that number, 888 9149 I'll tell you a little bit about what happened to me that day in that McDonald's. So I was sitting with Pastor Jerry from the local Baptist church, and he's just incredulous that the Catholic Church, in his mind, invented the doctrine of the Assumption in 1950. And, and I, I'm sure that he was told that, by other people, maybe in his own faith formation, by his pastors. Uh, there's a lot of non-Catholic, or anti-Catholic, shall we say, disinformation that's out there. There's a disinformation campaign that has been waged, and, and a lot of people know a lot of, they think they know a lot of things about the Catholic Church, but very often they are untruths, uh, partial truths, <laughs> uh, and and. and That's not the case at all. So, like I said, I I didn't really even know how to explain the assumption or what it was at that point. And Pastor Jerry and I really had two things in common that day. Well, really three. Number one, we were both eating Big Macs. Number two, we were both sincerely seeking after God. We were sincerely seeking the truth. And thirdly, neither one of us had any clue what Catholics really believed about the Assumption of Mary. So, on this great solemnity... It's a good chance for us to run over some facts of this dogma, some facets of this dogma, and and get really well grounded in it. Okay, so probably the best thing to do, for starters, is to explain exactly what the assumption of Mary is. What is it? And what it really is, is the belief that at the end of her earthly journey, God took Mary bodies body and soul into the glories of heaven. And I'm actually going to give you the the actual wording that was used by the Pope when he promulgated this dogma. And it's a dogma, which means that all Catholics have to believe this to hold the Catholic faith. Along with the other Marian dogmas, there are three more, of course. The fact that she's mother of God, the fact that she's ever virgin, and the Immaculate Conception. But here's here's the actual wording. On November the first, nineteen fifty, Pope Pius XII, in his apostolic constitution, and it's it, it, this is a $5 word for sure, Mutificentissimus Deus. I'm not going to try to say that again, but uh, that's the Latin um, uh, title of the document. It always comes from the first words of the document in Latin. But here's how he defined the assumption with these words. And, and this is awesome. You could actually tweet this. He packed a lot of information into one sentence. All right, here it is. Quote, Mary... The Immaculate, perpetually Virgin Mother of God, after the completion of her earthly life, was assumed, body and soul, into the glory of heaven. End of quote. That that is a, a very very tightly written sentence. That is awesome because it actually contains all the other dogmas uh, of Mary within it. The Immaculate Conception, Mary, the Immaculate, perpetually Virgin. Okay, ever-virgin, mother of God. There's the other one. After the completion of her earthly life was assumed body and soul into the glory of heaven. And what's really interesting about this, too, is that Pope Pius XII, he did not actually say in this statement whether or not Mary actually died. And theologians have been split on this throughout the centuries, actually. And the vast majority, I would say, I don't have numbers for you, but... I don't have percentages, but the vast majority say that Mary did die. We're going to actually, time permitting, I'm going to share a beautiful writing from one of the church fathers uh, with, with a, something I never really heard before. One of the reasons why he thinks that Mary did die. It's an absolute certainty that she, that she died in his view. But the church never defined that. So you're, you're allowed to hold whatever you want to believe about that. You do have to believe that she was taken up into heaven, body, and soul but you've seen maybe some pieces of art throughout the history of the church there's some artwork that seems to indicate that Mary was alive when she was assumed into heaven there you know, she's being lifted up by angels uh, into the glory of heaven uh, there are, there are other pieces of art and again art is art it's it's not these aren't statements of the church but they do reflect popular piety there are other famous works of art uh, depicting the assumption throughout history in which Mary is 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 died. It's known as the Dormition of Our Lady. She fell asleep, if you will. And sleep, of course, is a euphemism for death. It's mentioned uh, uh, in various places in the New Testament. In fact, uh, earlier today on the Faith Explained program, we talked about the rising of the corpses, St. Paul's teaching in First Corinthians 15 about the resurrection of the body. And Paul says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So some people are going to be alive, Sleep, of course, meaning death. Here, some people are going to be alive when Jesus Christ returns, and they—they're they, not going to die, but they will have to be transformed and, and given a resurrected body, a, a glorified body. How's that going to work without dying? Well, we'll let God sort that out. But having said that, Pope Pius XII, when he defined the the Assumption of Mary in 1950, he took great, great pains not to say whether or not Mary died. He just said at the at the completion of her earthly life. So keep that in mind. Now, I just love, 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 love the statement and the way that the Pope put it. So there are a lot of critics, of course, uh, including Pastor Jerry and maybe some people that you've met along the way. A lot of critics of the Assumption. One of the things that they'll point out is that, well, they say the New Testament doesn't talk about this. There's no chapter in the New Testament where it describes Mary being taken up body and soul into the glories of heaven. Is that really true? Is that really true? Well, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Keep keep in mind, keep in mind, not all of the truths of the faith that we have to believe to hold the faith, not all the dogmas that we we need to know and and profess as Catholics, they're not all recorded in sacred scripture. Think about the Trinity. Uh, The doctrine of the Trinity is, the word Trinity is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible, but God is a Trinity of persons. And we also have to remember that the word of God comes to us by means of sacred tradition as well as sacred scripture. In fact, even sacred scripture was sacred tradition, was passed on by word of mouth before it was ever written down. The church was going for decades before we have the first document making up the New Testament. That would probably be St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, probably written somewhere around 50, 51, 52, 53 AD, somewhere in there. that's about 30 years after the resurrection so think about that yet people are being catechized people were being baptized people are being taught the faith the faith was spreading throughout the roman empire so sacred tradition is really one of the places that has a lot to say about the assumption of mary but it's also the word of god sacred tradition and sacred scripture together they they make up the totality of, of god's message to us And you know what, also, Mary, Mary might still have been alive, not yet assumed into heaven, um, when most of the New Testament books were written. In fact, Luke probably interviewed her for the first part of his two-volume set in the Gospel of Luke. He's got all this information about the life of Mary. Well, how does he get this? A lot of people think he actually interviewed Our Lady as part of his research. How about that? But is it really true? That scripture doesn't talk about the Assumption of Mary. I'm not so sure, but we'll deal with that in just a moment. Right now, we've got a word from our CEO, Father Rocky. Check it out.
0: Hi, Father Rocky here asking you to answer the call. Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. So four times a year, we pass the basket and ask for your financial help. It's our summer pledge drive, and we have a beautiful gift for you at the $50 a month level. It's an Immaculate Heart etched glass stand. It's a crystal clear etched glass stand encasing a 3D image of the Virgin Mary and her Immaculate Heart. And did you know August is the month of Immaculate Heart? You can celebrate your love for Our Lady by giving at the $50 a month level. And our gift to you is the Immaculate Heart etched glass stand. It's really stunning. See for yourself on our app or website. And we've got matching funds this hour. So your $50 a month gift will be doubled if you give now. Give online at relevantradio.com or on the app or call 877-291-0123, 877
2: This is Timmery joining Kale Clark asking you to answer the call because we need you to call so that we can answer yours by donating today to support Cale Clark Show, Relevant Radio, in all of our programming, you heard Father Rocky just say that we're asking you in particular today to give a generous gift of $50 a month. With that gift, we have a special gift to you, a beautiful, unique image of our lady in glass, again, at that $50 mm. a month level. Kale, how can people give to support Relevant Radio today?
1: Well, there are a few ways to do it, and... A couple of them are really simple. In fact, probably the easiest way is to go to the Relevant Radio app on your smartphone. And if you haven't downloaded it yet, go for it. Go to your app store, get it. It's a great app, and we've got lots of amazing upgrades planned for it as well. I I can't really spill the beans on that yet, but you're going to want to have that. So get the app, and also you can go to RelevantRadio.com. And when you give online, you're going to get a special gift from us in return. It's a talk on angels by Patrick Madrid. So that's only available for online gifts But if you can't do that, you can call this number, 877-TOLL-FREE, 877-291-0123 to answer the call right now. We only do this four times a year, uh, so we try to minimize, minimize. We we want to produce content. We're we're still producing it this week as well. Uh, However, we do need your help to keep going. We've got to raise $3 million by the end of this week. An anonymous donor, Timory in Mundelein, Illinois, has just given $100 online. Thank you very much. The home, really, of Mundelein Seminary. It's so beautiful and very close to the Colbay Shrine we talked about yesterday. I also want to thank Marilyn in Wisconsin Mm. for donating $50, their second gift this week. It's twice as nice. (laughs) I appreciate that. And by the way, that becomes $100 because we've got a partnership challenge on this hour, Timory. Every dollar is matched 100%. Thank you so much for your gifts. And I'm just really excited about what's happening this week, Timory.
2: I want to share with you a tweet that came out for you about the work that you're doing, Kale. Uh, A woman on Twitter by Anita Hampton said, Thank you for your show, praying for you and your crew and your family. She said, It's been a tough couple of years. Mm. Please keep me in your prayers as well. You know when it's hard your days your voice you keep me specifically your voice keeps me going you have a gift your ability to interact with your audience god bless you kale
1: oh god bless you onitha that that's so sweet that that really that, that's really, really encouraging, and, I, and I'm happy that the show is helpful to you. And if, if you've been helped at all by Relevant Radio, and, and you want to say, I want to get back, I want to help this mission to continue to reach the world for Christ through the media, 877-291-0123, or go to the app, go to the website, relevantradio.com, and help us to answer the call.
2: Fun! It's
0: the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio.
1: Ho, 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 little Raiders of the Lost Ark theme. Uh, Those of you who are wise probably know why we are playing that song right now. Uh, Just before the break, on this great solemnity of the Assumption of Mary, we asked the question, does Scripture really talk about this? A lot of non-Catholics will say there's nothing in the Bible about the Assumption of Mary. Well, I'm not so sure. What does that have to do with Indiana Jones? Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 9149 Email me, uh, kale C-A-L-E at RelevantRadio.com, and you can find me on Twitter. The X app, as it's now known, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Yeah, so there there are many who contend that Scripture is silent on this particular Marian dogma of the Catholic Church, but that, that's not quite the case. One of the things I mentioned is that uh, there, there may have been a bit of reticence or you know, on the part of, of biblical authors to, to mention this for a very good reason, that Mary may have been alive for a lot of the writing of the New Testament, uh, not yet assumed into heaven. Luke interviewed her, probably, uh, for the Gospel of Luke. It's also worth telling you that all Christians... All Christians, Catholic, Orthodox, and yes, even Protestant Christians, all Christians believe that assumptions happen. That God makes assumptions, if you will. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, Scripture tells us that other people have been assumed into heaven. So the precedent has been set. Here, One of those people is mentioned, of course, uh, in the Old Testament and also in the New Enoch. Enoch Enoch was a righteous dude let me tell you that because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews the letter to the Hebrews chapter 11 that's that famous chapter that's known as the Hall of Fame of Faith chapter if you will Uh, It is really inspiring it's great spiritual reading it's great New Testament reading to read that every once in a while will really get you going Uh, just like a fresh cup of coffee and there's an old joke you know uh, when you get up in the morning who should make the coffee, the husband or the wife? Well, obviously it should be the husband because the Bible says he brews. All right, that's really lame. But uh, this will give you a jolt. What happened to Enoch? Check it out. Enoch, it says, was taken up so that he did not see death. And he was not to be found because God took him up. For before his removal, he had been commended as having pleased God. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, talking about Enoch. Enoch was so holy, so righteous, God said, you know what? I'm going to pluck him right now. He's in full bloom of holiness. I want him to be with me right now. So he took him up into heaven, body and soul. He didn't even have to die. But that's not all. That's not all. There is the prophet Elijah. The prophet Elijah. And he, of course, was assumed into heaven, as you will, body and soul by a chariot of fire by a chariot of fire and a windstorm and you can you can see this in the first book of kings chapter two and uh elijah's protege the prophet elisha who was going to take up his mantle as it were uh, sees him being taken up in this whirlwind chariot of fire and he's just like whew, completely blown away so what's the point of all this the point is that assumptions do happen god has set the precedent the principle of the thing if he did it before, he certainly could do it again. He certainly could do it for Mary because she's greater than any saint, greater than the angels, greater than her, no one but God. That's what St. Jose Maria said. In fact, one of the uh, images using typology where Old Testament places, people, things, events foreshadow even greater things and people, events that God's going to do in the new covenant. The early fathers used to to really liken Mary to the burning bush in Exodus chapter three that was on fire yet was not consumed. This is something that, that only that angels long to look into. This how is it that a human person could contain God, could be a living tabernacle, and yet not be consumed by His all holiness? Well, that's because Mary was given the the graces, the equipment that she needed for this this very very holy task. So angels can only dream about this. She gave the word flesh. So we've got a couple of examples there of Enoch in the Old Testament. Of course, he's mentioned in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, but that, that verse I gave you was Hebrews 11, verse 5, that talked about God bringing him up. And Elijah, of course, uh, I was, sorry, I said the first book of Kings, it's actually the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verse 11. But I also want to now flip to the New Testament. Let's look at Revelation chapter 11. Now, this is, of course, one of the readings for the, the great solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. And just look at the end of chapter 11 of Revelation. I'm going to just flip open my New Testament here. And you say, what, "What about chapter? what's the deal with chapter 11? The readings are actually from chapter 12. Ah, well, we'll see why. At the very, very end of chapter 11, starting with verse 19, it says, Then God's temple in heaven was opened. And the Ark of His Covenant was seen within His temple. And there were flashes of lightning, loud noises, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Okay, so this is some real supernatural phenomenon going on here. John the Revelator, John the Seer, sees God's temple in heaven open, and he sees what? The Ark of the Covenant. Now, that was uh, big news to those who are reading this in the first century, especially those from a Jewish background, because hang on here. The Ark of the Covenant. Talk about raiders of the lost Ark. How was the how was the, the Ark lost in the first place? Well, it wasn't so much lost as it was hidden by the prophet Jeremiah. In 586 BC, the Babylonians had invaded Jerusalem. They were going to desecrate the temple, ransack it. They did destroy it. The first temple uh, built by King Solomon, the one that existed in Jesus' day, was the second temple, which was finished off by Herod the Great. Not so great, <laughs> considering all the stuff that he did. But nonetheless... Jeremiah did not want the Ark of the Covenant to be desecrated, so he hid it. And to this day, despite the claims of many, and even Indiana Jones looking for it, it, it really hasn't been found other than on the silver screen. And so, hang on here, how is it that heaven's open and the Ark is there? Okay, so keep in mind, keep in mind, when the New Testament was written, there were no chapters, there were no verses. There was no division in the text. It was just one continuous block of text there was no such thing as revelation chapter 11 and 12 it was just the book of revelation and it was on a scroll and it would be read probably in one sitting in a lot of cases read out to a congregation so these chapters and verses were added added later by scribes to make it easier for you and me to read the text and to look at it and quote verses oh yeah remember that verse well it's hard to do if there are no verses so chapter 11 flows right into chapter 12. So keep that in mind. As soon as John sees the Ark of the Covenant in Scripture, he sees something or someone else. And I'll tell you who that was. You can probably guess right after this. Stay tuned. It's the Kyle Clark Show on Relevant Radio.
2: Do you love The Kale Clark Show? Well, Marilyn, Susan, William, Victoria, Martin, Judy, and others say they love The Kale Clark Show. They love Relevant Radio, and they've decided to answer the call to support Relevant Radio with a financial gift. If you can support the work we're doing, we are totally dependent on you to cover just basic operating costs. We need to raise $3 million this week. We're working our way toward our need if you can help. And making it so that our shows can be on air everywhere from California to Hawaii to Mm. Maryland to Florida, all across the nation. We are touching hearts, minds, and souls, and it's only made possible through your generous donation.
1: That's right, Timory, and and thank you so much for joining me for this hour to talk about this. And if you're listening right now and you want to make that pledge, call 877 291 Zero one two three eight seven seven two nine one zero one two three, or go to the Relevant Radio app or RelevantRadio.com right now. And when you give online through the app or through the website, you're also going to get a free gift from us to you. You say, "Well, that's not fair. How come the callers can't get it?" Well, you know what? We're trying to to get people to the app, and it's also uh, it helps our expenses to to uh, to be able to do this. It's easy. It's secure. It's quick. And uh, we want people to be familiarized with our app. It's a great way to share our programming and, and tell friends about our shows. But we want to send you a free gift uh, to talk on angels by Patrick Madrid if you give online right now. And don't forget also, we have our 100% partnership challenge match going on right now. A generous benefactor has said, any dollar that's donated to Relevant Radio, I'm going to match it dollar for dollar. So uh, let's, let's make this person sweat a little bit. Maybe so, there's some big gifts out there. How, how big of a gift can this guy match? I don't know. I don't know who this person is, but I want him to kind of, you know, uh, loosen his tie a little bit because he's sweating here. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's, he's happy to do it. Um, and uh, we want to uh, be able to, to reach our goals here uh, for the program so that we can keep bringing Christ to the world through the media, Timory.
2: Amen. And that's what we're doing. If you would like to support the work we're doing, bringing Christ to the world through the media. All you have to do is make that phone call to say yes to Jesus. Say yes to supporting the work. The number is 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. People are waiting to answer your call so please don't make us wait. Let's put us to work. Let's answer the call and support Relevant Radio. I know Denise in San Francisco loves how you unpack the Bible verses and make them come to life. That's what you're doing today with your knowledge and the history of Sacred Scripture, Kale, on this feast day of the Assumption. So let's give a donation in honor of Our Lady. Yes, in honor of Lady. It's an our Assumption, lady. the highest, highest, one of the highest feast days of the year. So 877-291-0123 to give now.
0: You're vital to our mission to bring Christ to the world through the media. The relevant radio summer pledge drive continues. Answer the call.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Kale Clark Show. We're on this Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. 888 9149 is the number to call. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Lewis in Detroit, the Motor City. Hey, Lewis, thanks for calling in.
0: Hey, thank you very much. I've been listening to the show off and on this afternoon, so hopefully uh, you're not
1: I'm not asking a question that's already been addressed. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. So I've been listening
0: um, about the assumption of Mary, and this is a mm-hmm. new topic for me. I'm not very familiar with it. And so earlier on, earlier today, there was some discussion around that for Mary to be assumed to heaven, she must have been resurrected, body and soul. Is that correct?
1: Well, it's it's interesting that that uh, that you she no she was taken up into heaven, body body and soul. Now, in terms of, of resurrection, it's, it's kind of it's interesting because she did die. She did die, but um, at least most people think that she did. The Church didn't define whether or not she, she died when it, when it promulgated the dogma of the, of the Assumption of Mary. Talked about that earlier in the program. There seems to be in the, in the Church Fathers a thought that um, she wasn't dead for very long. It was, it was a very, very light sleep, if you will, the sleep of death and that she was then uh, taken up into heaven by her divine son, and why he would want to do that. Uh, we're going to get into that, Lord willing, if we have time, uh, a little bit later. One of the church fathers has a really interesting theory about this, and I'll get into that later. But that, it's it's. I hope that helps to answer your question, Lewis. Yeah, so in a sense, she's getting the the sneak preview of what we're all going to experience in heaven because uh, we are destined for the resurrection of the body as well, and life in the world to come, a new heavens, a new earth. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. The two are melded into one. I don't know. Uh, Heaven comes down to earth, according to Revelation. The new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. And when we say the creed uh, during Mass, uh, when we say, I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, we're not talking about Jesus' resurrection, because earlier in the creed we talk about that. We're talking about our own future resurrection, and sometimes we, we tend to forget that. And uh, so Mary is experiencing the glories of heaven uh, in a glorified body, along with her resurrected and glorified son. And so that's the destiny for us, too. And, and I suppose also with, with the other saints who have been assumed into heaven as well, like Elijah and Enoch. Thanks for calling in, Lewis. Really appreciate you. One of our new markets, by the way, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Let's go quickly to Paul in Youngstown, Ohio. Hey, Paul, it's good to hear from you because you are an Orthodox Christian. What's your take on the Assumption? Obviously, this is something that's believed in in Orthodox circles as well.
0: Yes, the Orthodox believe in the Assumption, and we'll be celebrating it, known as the Dormition of the Theotokos, on August twenty eighth, according to the old calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a legend, or maybe a tradition, that the Apostles had all gathered back in Jerusalem at the time of uh, Mary's death. Uh, So it makes me think it might have been around the time of the Council of Jerusalem. And the tradition says that Thomas was absent. He hadn't mm-hmm. arrived yet. When he got there, he wanted to venerate the body of Mary. And the other apostles opened the tomb, and the tomb was empty and filled with flowers.
1: Mm-hmm. So, that's... Yeah. Yeah, Paul, That that's definitely one, one of the takes that's out there that happened around the time of the Council of Jerusalem. That's That's one possibility. And what's with Thomas always being late to everything? My goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I love that. But it's important. Thanks for calling in uh, and, and uh, uh, joining us on this feast. though. obviously, it's, a, it's celebrated on a different date on the Orthodox calendar, as Paul mentioned. But it's important to know that it's not just Catholics who believe this. Orthodox Christians believe it as well. We have a lot in common. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 9149 I wanted to share with you again what we were talking about in Revelation chapter 12, because, again, there is no text division between chapter 11 and 12. At the end of chapter 11, John sees heaven open, sees the Ark of the Covenant in heaven, and then right right away it goes into a description of this. He says in in chapter 12, verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out, In her pangs of birth, in anguish for delivery, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems upon his heads. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child, that he might devour her child when she brought it forth. She brought forth a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now, so John sees the ark in heaven and then he starts describing Mary. Interesting. So, now I know that there's there's a couple other ways that you can take this. Uh, Some people say, hang on here. The woman is not Mary. The woman is Israel. Old Covenant Israel, who brings forth, gives birth to you as a people, the Messiah, who fights against the dragon. Obviously, the dragon is the devil, Satan. Well, that, that's, that's not in conflict with the woman also being Mary. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, who, of course, became Pope Benedict XVI, he wrote about this uh, earlier in his career. How Yes, she, Mary is daughter Zion. She is the perfect Israelite. She exemplifies everything that an Israelite should be. And and so, yes, she gives birth to the Messiah, obviously, the person of Jesus of Nazareth. But uh, she's also representative of of Israel as a people as well. And there are also elements of the church there as well. Some say, well, it's the church. Well, Mary is the church. Again, Ratzinger, uh, along with Hans Urs von Balthasar, they wrote a book called Mary, the Church at the Source. Because she's the first Christian, the greatest Christian, the first person to say yes to God's plan to save the world through Jesus Christ, and to participate in it by, in a big way, in a huge way, uh, through the incarnation of our Lord. And so uh, all of those things can be, can be held together, but, but clearly the male child that is born of the woman is Jesus, that he is going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And that's, of course, a reference to Psalm 2, a very well-known Messianic psalm. So you can, you can look that up. The early church used to love that psalm. Uh, in reference to Jesus. And so this idea of the the dragon, the devil, uh, as pictured in Genesis all the way through Scripture, his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven. That's a reference to a third of the angels uh, falling from heaven along with Satan, who himself was a created angel as well. And he took a third of the angels with him in his rebellion, fell from heaven. That's kind of a poetic way of describing that. So it's just, it's just really interesting that that's one of the places in Scripture that references uh, the assumption of Mary, at least obliquely. She's in heaven, right? So she had to have gotten there somehow. Uh, that's one place that you can go to talk about this. And then, of course, as, in terms of Mary being the ark of the new covenant, you can look at Luke chapter 1, which is clearly, clearly modeled on 2 Samuel chapter 6. Uh, we see that in second samuel chapter 6 and you can can look it up and you you can read it uh in the interest of time we we may not be able to get get there but essentially david king david has had this incredible victory uh, over the philistines and they're celebrating they're they're really whooping it up and they're carrying the ark back to jerusalem and david says how can the ark of the lord ever come to me he knows his sinfulness he's he's kind of scary scared to, to, to bring the Ark home. Why? Because on the way, uh, there was a bit of a mudslide, it was raining, and the guys who were carrying the Ark on, on these special poles, uh, and, and they, they weren't allowed to touch the Ark, and as they were slipping, the Ark was going to fall, and this guy named Uzzah, Thought he was doing a good thing. He tried to steady the ark, but he was not allowed to touch the ark, and he got zapped. He was struck down by God, and and David is freaking out. He's like, okay, I know I'm a sinner. If that guy got zapped, I'm probably next on the list. How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So, maybe he shouldn't have done this, but he decides to uh, take as a guinea pig this guy named Obed-Edom in the hill country of Judea. He parks the ark at Obed-Edom's place. He says, here, I want you to take care of this for me, and I'll be, I'll be back later. <laughs> I'll come back in a couple months and see how it's going. And he's like, okay, great, fine. And he comes back, and he's assuming this guy will be dead, zapped as well. But he was alive and well and blessed beyond compare. The, the presence of the Ark had blessed him and his family. And David says, okay, I think it's safe now to bring the Ark home to Jerusalem. So he dances before the Ark, entering the city, wearing the linen ephod of a priest. Uh, his wife, Michal, sees him from the window Says so this guy's making an absolute fool of himself, and and, and she she's kind of she's childless from that point on. She's kind of you know suffers a bit of a punishment from God for this, and maybe for other reasons as well, which we we're not going to get into right now. It's too too much for one day, but uh, but this is his dancing before the ark is exactly what happens in Luke chapter one because just like David took the ark of the old covenant. to to the hill country of judea mary goes to the hill country of judea to visit the home of elizabeth her relative elizabeth and she stays there also for three months and elizabeth's home is blessed imagine having mary as your midwife you know (laughs) she's helping her relative elizabeth and she's going to give birth to john the baptist and john the baptist dances before the ark of the new covenant as she as he's in the womb of elizabeth he's dancing leaping for joy as Mary comes near. And Elizabeth says the exact same thing that David did. How can How is it that the mother of my Lord can come to me? Uh, just as David said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? I don't think Luke is doing this by accident. He knows very well the old covenant scriptures. He's making the link, the typological link, that Mary is the ark of the new covenant. The old ark, of course, had within it, if you've seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you haven't read the Bible... It had, of course, the the Ten Commandments, the Word of God on stone tablets, the jar of the manna, the miracle bread from heaven that God fed the people with in the Israelites, the desert during their wanderings, and also, of course, the the high priestly staff of Aaron, which miraculously sprouted. And so, of course, Mary contained in her body uh, the Word of God made flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. She contained the true high priest, Jesus, and of course, he is the bread of life uh, who gives his flesh and blood for us to eat to consume sacramentally in the Eucharist. So I think the parallels are very clear, and uh, the Ark is very, very key uh, to the doctrine, the Assumption, especially when you look at Revelation. So it's really important for us to see all this. It's really important for us to know all this, that there is a basis for this. But it's not just in Scripture. It's also in history. We're going to get into that in our next little segment here. But first of all, here's a Miracle Moment right now on Relevant Radio.
0: Changing Lives. In your neighborhood and across the nation
2: here's another relevant radio miracle moment
0: i recently got out of federal prison after eight and a half years so i do want to thank you all station we found there was about eight to ten catholics in my unit we used to listen to you during the lockdown we were locked down from april 1st of 2020 to almost uh, july of 22. you guys were our lifesavers we had no catholic mass no communion no confession and all we had was your radio station, your show, and the other ones, and Father Simon, and you really, and the rosary at night. One guy just started listening to it just before I left, and he's getting ready to go through our CIA.
2: This miracle moment was brought to you by you. Make a tax-deductible donation now to support our mission at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, or call 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. Kale, I have exciting news. This is Tim Rea, Dream oh, wow. Kale, and we have a need of $3 million, but guess what? We have an update. Oh,
1: we what happened? are
2: We're only $37,000 away from meeting the 900000 mark.
1: Wow. So, that's a major milestone.
2: I know. What are we going to do about it?
1: <laughs> we're going to celebrate because I know our listeners are going to come through. I know we're going to make, we could even make it happen. In This hour, minutes. Tim Ray. we could do yes, it. I think it's possible. Yes.
2: That's about $2,500 every minute. Let's go. If you can make a donation of $37,000 right now, praise the Lord, you can answer the call. If you can make a donation of $50 a month, thank you. We are asking for you to step forward and support the work we're doing. How can people donate, Kale?
1: By calling 877 or going online through the relevant radio app on your smartphone or your mobile device, and also through the relevantradio.com website. Not forgetting that every dollar is matched 100%. We've got a partnership challenge just for this hour. The partnership challenge will not be here tomorrow, so it's a good chance to double your impact right now for the kingdom, 877 291 or through the app, Timory.
2: Lori, Diana, Bridget, and Jerry all just gave $50 to support Relevant Radio.
1: Ooh, thanks, guys. Yes, I love this. You. I love I love seeing the support, and of course, those gifts of fifty dollars become one hundred, and uh, we really appreciate it. There's no gift that's too small. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, as Saint Paul says, and it's it's the intent with which you mm-hmm. give that's that's really important. And Mother Teresa always says, you know, w- what's the deal with giving? It's giving until it hurts. It's, you got to feel the pinch a little bit, and and for <laughs> some people, um, you you might have it within you to to give something more. Maybe God's calling you to to have a little detachment and uh to, to to give and say you know what if i put his agenda first and, and the spread of his gospel first i know that he's not going to forsake me i know that he's going to always remember that god is not unjust mm-hmm. as the book of hebrews says he's always going to remember the things that you've done for him for the kingdom for souls We're we're not in this we're not in this for any other reason other than to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. That's why we exist here at Relevant Radio, 877 291 or go to the Relevant Radio app and relevantradio.com, where you'll not only see our great pledge drive premiums, we wanna give a gift back to you, but when you give online, you also get that talk by Patrick Madrid on angels, Timory.
2: That's right, if you need some reinforcement, we are here to give it to you at Relevant Radio, made possible through your generous donation and prayer Donate now, 877 is the number, 877-291-0123 or RelevantRadio.com and download the app and donate there as well. This is The Kale Clark Show,
0: giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life.
1: That's right, 888-914-9149. We're rocking out. Stairway to Heaven. How is Mary the Stairway to Heaven? There's a reason why we're playing that song. I'll I'll share that with you in just a moment. Last little segment here. Oh, I wish I had two more hours to talk about the Assumption of Mary because it's such an incredible solemnity. What a great feast day. Uh, If you haven't made it to Mass, it is a holy day of obligation in the United States. So, uh, hey, if you have to turn off relevant radio, it's well advised. Mass is more important. you got to get there. Uh, Maybe there's an evening Mass nearby or an afternoon Mass that you can hit. On your way home, uh, but happy to be with you on the journey if you're in the car or, or at home. It's great to be with you, whether you're listening on the Relevant Radio app or one of our 200 stations across the USA. Well, here's one more piece of the puzzle in terms of explaining the Assumption of Mary. Do you know that no city within Christendom ever claimed to have the bodily remains of Mary. Nobody ever said, hey, we've got Mary's relics right over here. N- no no church was, was ever built around a, a relic of Mary. That's absolutely astonishing when you consider the history of relics in the church. The early believers took incredible pride in venerating the relics of the martyrs and of the saints. They, they in fact, would build entire churches upon them. Maybe the greatest example of this is St. Peter's Basilica. Its high altar is directly over the underground crypt of Peter, the scabby, the very famous scabby. The fact that no city ever claimed to have the relics of the Mother of God, which would have been the ultimate prize, you know, in terms of relics, that's pretty good corroborating evidence that that nobody had them, because they simply didn't exist. She had already been bodily assumed into heaven. Now, there are two cities. There's kind of competing traditions about where she died. Uh, Jerusalem is one place. There's the Church of the Dormition in Jerusalem, and Uh, I was working on an archaeological dig there years ago, which is right around the corner from the Church of the Dormition. Dormition, Very beautiful. That's said to be one possible location where she fell asleep. Uh, Also, the city of Ephesus, we know that John the Apostle took Mary into his home uh, after uh, the death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, and she was with him in Ephesus. And so Ephesus also is one of the other possible places where uh, she may have uh, entered into that dormition, but nobody claimed that they had the relics of Mary after this event, because again, uh, she was assumed into heaven, body and soul. Now, talk about we talked about the beginning sacred tradition as being a sure guide to the faith. Sacred tradition, sacred scripture, and together they make up the total word of God. Well. People often ask me, Cale, where do I find all the sacred traditions of the Church? Is there a list somewhere? Is there a book somewhere that lists all the sacred traditions? Well, not really. There isn't. But there is a place where you can find it taught very clearly, and that's in the liturgy. The liturgy of the Church, in the Mass, the feast days of the Church. The liturgy is the place where sacred tradition is taught very clearly. There's an ancient maxim, Lex Credendi Lex Orandi, and that's in Latin. It means the law of belief is the law of prayer. The Church believes as she prays. Now, if you want to know what Christians have always believed, observe how they worship, observe their feast days. Now, just because Pope Pius XII formally defined the dogma of the Assumption in 1950 doesn't mean that he invented it, as my friend Pastor Jerry was trying to... uh, uh, imply uh, back in normal Illinois at that McDonald's that I talked about off the top. That feast day had been going for over a thousand years before he promulgated the doctrine. Catholics were celebrating it. The reason why he chose to define it at that point well, there's there's a lot of reasons. For it. Usually dogmas are only defined when there's a need for it. Like, for example, there's a false teaching that's challenging the belief that's that's on the rise. And For example, God was always a trinity of persons, but the Council of Nicaea affirmed it in the 4th century AD. God was always a trinity for all eternity, but the church had to define it at that time because that doctrine was under fire. Uh, There was a a terrible false teaching that, that almost destroyed the church called Arianism. The church celebrated the assumption in its liturgy, the highest form of prayer, the Mass, and thus we can say it was part of Catholic belief, going back at least to the fourth and fifth centuries. So uh, there's a lot. There's a lot more that we could be sa- that we could say about the Assumption of Mary. But there's one last little argument. I we kind of run out of time here. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk about what the Church Fathers said about her. But there's an argument from fittingness. The Assumption simply makes good common sense as well as supernatural sense because there's a, there's a great prayer in the Assumption liturgy. You would not allow decay, O oh God, to touch her. Decay to touch her body for she had given birth to your son the lord of all life in the glory of the incarnation we celebrate this feast of the assumption today on relevant radio
2: This is Timmery joining Kale Clark. We're working our way toward $900,000. By the end of the hour, we need about $37,000 to go. We've had a generous donor step forward, Albertina, from, let's see, Connecticut, I believe. Thank you for supporting the work we're doing here on Relevant Radio, $1,000, Kale, to support the Kale Clark Show. Thank you, Albertina.
1: Thank you so much. That's an incredible gift, 877-291-0123. God will reward you for your generosity. And uh, we want a chance uh, for you to experience the blessing of God as well by blessing us uh, with a donation, a tax-deductible donation. Um, We we don't give for human returns. I mean, yeah, you you are going to get a tax receipt from this. We are a 5013C charity, but uh, we want to impact lives for the kingdom. Really can't lose on any level. Relevantradio.com, the relevant radio app. And uh, we were running out of time, Tim, on, on the program, but we did have a call from a little six year old boy named Isaac. And, and he, he wanted to know hey, can God turn you back into a baby again? And yeah, well, God can do whatever He wants. You know, is He going to turn me back into a baby? I, I hope not. Um, but we kind of do have to become babies again in a certain sense spiritually. Jesus says you got to turn and become like little children. And that involves trust, right? Little kids trust your young mom, Timory. You know that your kids uh, implicitly trust their parents. And and we have to be like that with our Father God. We have to trust that he will meet this need, that we're going to get to our goal of raising $3 million by the end of the week. And that might sound like a lot of money, but it's it's really not anymore. We can make it happen, especially because right now, for these next few minutes, Timory, it's a partnership challenge. For these next four minutes, Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar, 100% by a generous benefactor. If you go to RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or call 877-291-0123.
2: I'll repeat that number one more time. It's 877-291-0123. Even easier, donate online. RelevantRadio.com. It's safe. It's secure. By the way, your donation is tax deductible. So whatever you give here, it's a write-off on your taxes. We greatly appreciate your generosity here at Relevant Radio, which is why we have special gifts to give you as a thank you. You can actually go to RelevantRadio.com mm-hmm. and there see some of the gifts we have. One in particular like that I'd like to just put your focus on because I love it. Mm-hmm. It's actually my favorite of all of the gifts we have as a thank you. that is if you give $50 a month or a total of $600, we have a gift of Our Lady. It's the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, and it's a little sketch inside a glass stand. It's a very beautiful, small, could be on an end table, in your living room, wherever you like. But I love, Kale to have these icons throughout my home. They are a constant reminder to pray, to meditate upon the lives of specifically in this case, Our Lady, mm-hmm. and to work on uniting my prayer, as Our Lady did, with her son.
1: Yeah, and there are really great human reminders that we need. We need human reminders, supernatural reminders, and uh, you can get that by by giving a gift of $50 a month, as Timory says, which becomes 100 because it's going to be matched just for these next, oh, about two minutes now. So hop on those phones, eight seven seven two nine one zero one two three, or go very, very quickly and easily, just tap the app, the Relevant Radio app, or go to Relevant radio.com and by the way when i mentioned becoming like little children becoming trusting i forgot to say that uh, my daughter michaela has said once again she will be back we if we if we are on track to reach our goal this week yes. on thursday she will be back with her very popular pledge drive kid joke segment i love it and uh she can't wait to to join us here so so let's uh, make sure that she can by by reaching our goal or at least being on track being close to it relevantradio.com and the relevant radio app. Go there right now and you're going to get a free gift to talk by Patrick Madrid if you give online. It's all about angels. So uh, help us to become hey, not not angels. We're not angels. That that's true in more ways than one, isn't it Timory? But uh, we do want to become holy. We want other people to become mm-hmm. holy by coming into contact with Jesus Christ.
2: Hey, we're only $36,000 away from hitting $900,000 today. So if you can support the Kale Clark show Donate now. The number is 1-877-291-0123. Join Shannon, Norma, Beverly, Nancy, Jocelyn, and Lewis, who just stepped forward answering the call to support Relevant Radio. Kale, how do people donate?
1: Oh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. 877-291-0123 or online, RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Answer the call today.